Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. As we transition in our service today, um, I, I often reflect and think that I watch some weird TV shows, okay? I've learned that already in my conversations with you that not everybody had my TV viewing habits as a kid. But I want to know if you remember this one. Like, as a child of the 90s, did this image portray a weekend theme for you? Like, any anybody with me here? Like, this was a state... Thank you. There's more participants in second service. So, like, I remember this moment in America's Funniest Home Videos with Bob Saget, the late Bob Saget now. Uh, he, he would uh, show and, and play different clips of people's failures, of mishaps, of practical jokes and things. And what's so funny is if you Google this now, like, you look at the camcorder, right? Like that giant appliance that went on your shoulder with the viewfinder, and it recorded on literally a tape this big. See, kids, we didn't have these and so we had these giant boxes we put on our shoulder. But that allowed us to capture some of these moments that had never been captured before, never been shared before. And so America's Funniest Home Videos, and I think it's still on today, and I think they've abbreviated it to like AFV or something like that. But they brought all these funny moments, all these failures, common mishaps to light for our viewing pleasure. Now, in the light of the internet and as our phones have progressed, they are delivered, those funny failures are delivered to our phones 24-7 if we want them. And and you know the videos I'm talking about, but the videos a a lot like this that I brought today. back a little bit so I can get you better. Oh. <laughs> that was a little bit too far. Did you get that? Are you recording? I am. Are you going to jump in? who's willing to admit with me today that we might enjoy these things just a wee bit too much. I know that I do. Uh, You know, I've been fortunate in that I haven't made America's Funniest Home Videos yet, but I've had my own fair share of funny failures. 
uh, a few years ago, uh, I was on a jet ski uh, with my father-in-law and my wife. Uh, we were out on the lake, uh, Lake Norman at the time, uh, so I could go wakeboarding. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, so as, you know, my father-in-law's driving, which was risky in itself, but he was driving, my wife was in the middle, and I was on the back facing backwards. And so I'm there getting my feet strapped in the boots of the board and, you know, making sure the rope's right and everything's ready to go. And I go off the back. I try to go straight off the back. Well, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure what happened. But all I know is the next thing I can tell you that I was aware of was that my father-in-law, who, by the way, was wearing blue jeans like Alan Jackson, okay, and my wife were now swimming in the water beside me. We had flipped this jet ski in the middle of the lake, and I still don't know what happened. I blame my father-in-law, and if he was here today, he would have his objections that it was my fault. But I'm just telling you, we were all in the water, and had there been a video recording of it, I'm pretty sure it would have been internet-worthy material. Like, what are some of those stories in your life? As you think about some of the things uh, that you maybe have done, jet skis you've flipped, uh, what are some of those stories? Uh, I'd imagine we all have them. And, and this idea of fail has, has even come what a, a internet cliche, where that is its own environment online. But, but what about the times when failure isn't so funny? What about the failure that we don't want people to see or, or the failures that are, are maybe even still painful, still fresh on our minds? What do we do with those? What do we do with those? Often we can feel alone. We can feel isolated in pain and guilt and shame that can follow failure. And you know what? While failure can often leave us feeling alone in these moments in our pain and our misery, Jesus does not. He does not leave us alone. As we continue in our summer teaching series today, we're going to see that the heart of Jesus is for those who have failed, even those who have failed big. If you've ever failed before, this morning is for you. This morning is for you. The, the grace and mercy of God does not stop at the wall of our failure. He goes up and beyond that wall to bring healing and restoration in his name and by his spirit. The question today, friends, is will you follow him over the wall of failure in your life? With that, I welcome you back to the conclusion of our summer teaching series, Over the Walls. As a church, we've been journeying through uh, this idea of Jesus is calling us over the walls uh, in our lives. We've looked at the life and the ministry of Jesus to see clearly his heart and, yes, his call for us to press out beyond the walls of our church to see hope happen within our communities and beyond. And through Best Week Ever and Vacation Bible School, boy, we've done that. Mission successful, mission completed, but yet it goes on. That call continues because it's the very heart of God. So we, yes, friends, have been over the walls together, and we're called to continue to go over the walls together to reach lost and seeking souls with the hope of Jesus. And, and throughout uh, the life of Christ, we've seen that there is no wall that can separate the love of God from a seeking heart. And we've seen that the love of Jesus, his heart is calling us beyond some other walls too. Walls that necessarily aren't made up of brick and mortar and plaster. 
walls like our comfort zone that we have erected to preserve our feeling, our peace, maybe, if you will, beyond the walls of what is normal or what is acceptable, maybe even beyond the walls of a religious barrier that we have assembled, we see that Jesus is calling us beyond ourselves to reach those who are lost and hurting. And today, as we unpack one more story in our series, we're going to see that as no wall can separate someone from the healing and redeeming love of God, the wall of failure will not separate you either. Would you turn with me to our teaching text today in Luke chapter 22? As we conclude, we're going to see the heart of Jesus is for those who have failed and those who have failed big. And as we unpack Luke chapter 22, we're going to see that this was not just any failure, that this was the failure of a close and trusted friend of Jesus. So we're going to begin our teaching text today in Luke 22, beginning in verse 54. And just to give us a quick run-up to where we are chronologically in the story as it's unfolding uh, in Luke's gospel there, Jesus has been in the garden praying. He's had the upper room experience with his disciples. And and the moment has come uh, where the Roman guards and the officials and the religious folks are coming to arrest Jesus. They're coming to take him away. And so that's where we dive into our story here today in verse 54 and it says then seizing him they led him Jesus away and took him to the house of the high priest Peter followed at a distance and when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together Peter sat down with them verse 56 says a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight she looked closely at him and said this man was with him But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. Verse 59 says, About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking The rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter, and then Peter remembered the words that the Lord had spoken to him. He said, before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in that place of failure? What would would it have been like In those moments when Jesus locked eyes with Peter. Man, can you feel that today? Can you feel that today? The raw emotion, the pain, the disillusionment, the letdown, the frustration in that moment. Man, can you relate to those things today to what Peter must have felt? Maybe today, if if you know what it is to fail big, Maybe you know also what it is, how easy it is to feel that there's no hope or there's no chance of ever being whole again. Maybe you understand that feeling that Peter would have been working through, that there might be no chance to right the wrongs, there might be no chance to ever be used in the kingdom of God again, and yet there you still sit behind the wall of failure, weeping yet grieving and longing for something to be different. Longing for a chance to do things differently we begin to understand that the wall of failure is very complex it's very personal it's multifaceted and it has affected us all in very different 
ways. But what if today, friends? What if today God's grace, Jesus is calling us to follow him over that wall of failure in our lives? And if you're someone that has failed today, the call to embrace him is an invitation. He's reaching out to you. He's reaching over that wall you've erected. He's inviting you to healing and to a new life. Jesus would say, friend, follow me. Follow me. Let's pray together. Lord, uh, we thank you today, uh, God, that the wall of failure does not deter you. That, Lord, you call us, you desire that we would embrace you for healing, that we would embrace you uh, uh, for the restoration in our lives. We may have made a mess of things, God. We may feel beyond hope, but, Lord, your grace and your love and your word says, no, there is hope. There is a promise of grace and mercy when we come to you. And so, Lord, today we want to hear your voice. We want to hear heed your invitation Lord we want to follow you over the wall of failure today that maybe has isolated us our entire lives God may eternity be different today because we've opened our hearts to you and received you fully Lord have your way today Lord and it's in your name that we pray amen as we would begin this journey to unpack our teaching text, uh, we would only need to rewind just a little bit to understand just how far or just how high Peter failed or fell from in those moments of his denial. Uh, only a few hours and a few verses ago, we would look and see that Jesus had warned Peter and the other disciples about this impending Failure. Now, now, we need to be sure Peter was a courageous and adamant follower and friend of Jesus. He, he demonstrated great love and commitment to him, but yet what's interesting is all of that love and commitment, that self-confidence, did not prevent him from failing and failing big. And I don't know about you today, friends, but that brings me into the story really personally. That draws us in. It makes this story so compelling and relatable. Because just hours before Peter's great failure, Jesus directly warns him and the other disciples that they would abandon him, that they would fall away, and yes, that they would fail in those moments. And even though Jesus was looking them square in the eyes and telling them what was in their hearts, they, they didn't grasp it or they didn't want to receive it or they didn't want to believe that that was really within them. And so they went on. They went through the story of Jesus' arrest, uh, relying on their own self-confidence, thinking that they could handle what was ahead. And friends, self-confidence, thinking we can handle whatever's ahead, is one of the key ingredients in the recipe of failure. As Jesus was arrested that evening, most of the disciples, they did flee. They ran for their lives in the face of that danger. They ran right into that failure that Jesus warned them about. But the Gospel of John records that John and Peter followed at a distance, that they wanted to go with Jesus. And that was a risky move, right? They were going to the lion's den, if you will. And so what we see is that Peter's confidence and his assurance was holding up so far, but all of that was about to crumble at the questioning of what was likely a teenage girl, a servant in the household. All of that self-confidence, all of that determination, I can do it, crumbled at the questioning of a servant girl. 
man, if we could just hear this story from Peter, how do you think he would tell it? What would, what would it mean to him? And uh, I think this video might get us pretty close to Peter telling his own story. They say a rooster crowing is God's wake-up call. Yeah, that's, uh, at least that's the way it was for me. Everything, that, that whole night was a blur, all right? Um, I didn't comprehend, none of us could comprehend everything that was going on, all right? We were all in the upper room, Jesus was washing our feet. Um, then we were in the garden, Jesus goes off to pray by himself. I fell asleep, I'm not proud of it, I had a big meal. Bread makes me sleepy. Next thing we know, me, James, and John, Jesus is in our face, and he's trying to wake us up, and uh, he said, uh, what is he said, uh, the, the, uh, the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing, and, and then before we know it, Judas is kissing Jesus on the cheek. I try to go help him. I cut off this guard's ear. For the record, I wasn't aiming for his ear. I'm a fisherman, not a swordsman. Then they, uh, they arrest Jesus, and they take him off, and we... We ran. And it wasn't but two hours earlier that we were in the upper room. I was looking at him. I was looking him right in the eye saying, if everyone disowns you, Jesus, I won't. I'm with you. I love you. And I think that's what made me stop, turn around, go back. And uh, I caught a glimpse of Jesus as they were taking him to the high priest's house. Stood at the gate, and some girl comes up to me, starts pointing at me, starts going, you, you're with him. You're with this man that claims to be the son of God. You're one of his disciples. I felt like every eye was on me. So I just brushed her off. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. You got the wrong guy. I get my way into the courtyard, and uh, it's cold, I, I try to warm up by the fire. And then there's this guy that recognizes me, and he is uh, from the ear incident, you know, and starts going, get him, get him, he's with him, just arrest him, get him. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about, all right? I wasn't with him. It was easier the second time to deny him. sometime right before morning and um, this wise guy he comes up to me and goes, who are you kidding, alright? Who are you fooling? You're with him. I can tell by your accent. I'm like, this is just the way I talk, alright? And, and the whole night they kept pushing him around. They kept beating him. They kept spitting on him, throwing insults at him and I couldn't take it anymore. I had enough. I was tired of people accusing me, looking at me and I, and I just I said a few things that I'm not proud of but I was like, leave him alone. You don't know what you're doing, alright? Just leave him alone. I wasn't with him. That's when I heard the most blood-curdling sound I ever heard in my whole life. I heard that rooster crow. And at that moment, Jesus, he turns around and he looks at me. He looks at me. 
and his gaze, you can't escape his gaze. I mean, when his eyes are on you, you cannot escape it. And they arrested him and they took him off. I will die with you, Jesus. If, everyone, if everybody disowns you, I will die with you. What a joke. I mean, what would you do? At that moment, at that time, I ran. I ran so fast, I ran so long. And you know what they did? They killed him. He's dead. Verse 16, 62 says, Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. He said, then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today. You will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. I don't, I don't know about you today, but man, I, I can feel this text. Feel the Lord's eyes locking to yours. I can feel that feeling of my own failures. Of my own denials. And I think it's so uh, easy for us to, to grieve with Peter. To, to see ourselves there. Because we've been there. We know what bitter tears are like. And perhaps today that's not hard for you to imagine. Because that's. Not a distant memory, but a present reality that you're trying to take one step at a time through your everyday life bearing the weight of that wall. Maybe today, maybe, I mean, kids, when we think about failure, we might think of how we maybe let down our parents or maybe we cheated on a, a school assignment or something like that and, and we just we understand what that feels like that we've maybe made a mistake maybe parents today maybe you know what it feels like or maybe you, you feel like you failed your children or or maybe your family maybe it's unkept promises maybe it's an unkept temper that has shown itself you see the wall of failure might remind us of a train car littered with graffiti and that there can be so many things written on that wall that maybe we ourselves have painted on there we might find words that would ring out things like addiction or divorce or bankruptcy or secrecy or shame or guilt that can be so many things maybe today you maybe today you feel like you failed the lord through denial or unfaithfulness. I guess the question for us this morning, is there a failure that's haunting you today? If not, man, that's, that is awesome and we celebrate with you. But boy, if, if you're here, if you're one of us that has failed and you know what this feeling is like and you're trying to sort it through, today is for you. You are in 
the right place today. You're in the right place to leave differently. Whatever your failure is, whatever that wall is, you know what Peter must have felt. But the good news today, friends, see, because failure is hard. It, it might feel exposing. It might even be bringing up feelings of shame for you right now. But the good news today, the good news that trumps all of that is that Jesus is here. And that when we look at Peter's story, because of God's grace and his extension to Peter, this wasn't the end of his story. And friends, the good news today is that the failure you're dealing with doesn't have to be the end of your story either. God's grace it's calling you. It's calling you over the wall of failure today, friends. You see, from these moments that we've been unpacking from this denial, Jesus would go on to be led to Calvary. And, and can you imagine Peter feeling he's dead? It's over. He's dead. Now we know the rest of the story. We know that he was taken down and, and laid in a tomb. And three days later he would arise conquering sin, death, and the grave. And Easter morning we know that hope. But Peter must have felt like it was over. But there was a glimmer. You see, when the women came to the tomb that Easter morning, they were greeted by a messenger. And we find a little bit of that exchange in Mark chapter 16 and verse 5. It says, as they entered the tomb, the women, as they had gone to see where Jesus was laid, says they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Verse 6, the messenger's response says, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. Did you catch that? Tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into the Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So over the wall of failure comes a voice calling Peter's name. In the middle of the despair and the playing it over and over in his mind, kicking himself even, resolving that it was probably over, that he was done, comes a voice. A voice not of condemnation, but a voice of invitation. Peter! Peter, I see you. Peter, I want you in on this. You see, in that moment, God wasn't letting Peter alone behind this wall of failure. And in that moment, Peter had a choice. He had a choice. He could stay in that place that he was. He could stay behind that wall of failure forever. He could just live in that guilt and, and convince himself that it was over. He could receive the lie of the enemy that he had done too much. He had that choice. Or he had the choice to accept the invitation of grace extended to him by Jesus. Friends, you have that choice today too. And whatever... Your story is, you have a choice. It was right there in that place of brokenness and shame and guilt that Jesus comes after Peter and extends him an invitation to restoration and healing, to begin a new journey. 
That choice to embrace grace by Peter changed the trajectory of his life forever. John chapter 21 uh, records this moment, this interaction. You see, uh, the disciples had, had gone back to the Sea of Galilee. They, they, were, they had a little fishing trip in mind, and, and, and they see Jesus on the shore, and there's a little interaction there. And, and you know what Jesus did for his friends that had failed him? He had warned them they were going to flee, and they did. What he did for them was he fixed them breakfast and invited them to come. And so we see, we pick up here in John 21, verse 15. As Pastor John makes his way up this morning. He says, when they had finished eating, when they had finished this breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. You know, that failure and that denial could have been the end for Peter. That, that could have been the last chapter we ever heard of Peter the fisherman. But you know what, friends? In that moment, Jesus wasn't intimidated by Peter's wall of failure. And he's not intimidated by your wall of failure either, friends. Just as our Lord sought out and called the name of Peter, His grace is calling your name today. In the middle of that brokenness and that pain and that isolation and that feeling of even being exposed right now, He's saying, come my child, follow me over this wall, let's live a different life. Jesus reached out after Peter. He pursued him and called his name. And friends, he's calling your name today. There's no wall. There's no wall. Only an invitation of grace and mercy. You see what's what's interesting about this story. Peter's greatest failure turned out to be his greatest redemption story. Because you see, from this moment, he would go on to be the courageous and fearless leader of this new Jesus movement. And he would ultimately so so boldly proclaim the news of Jesus that he was crucified. And and he was so humble and broken in those moments that he wanted to be crucified upside down. And church history tells us that he didn't feel worthy to even be crucified the same way as Jesus. That's a different trajectory from denial and failure. Peter lived a new life. Because he embraced God's hand to come over the wall of failure. Peter's wall of failure didn't stop Jesus. Your wall of failure won't stop Jesus either. Do you hear him calling today? 
calling today. Jesus is not intimidated by your failure. By how long maybe it's been or how fresh it is. He's not intimidated. He's longing for you to embrace him and heal him. His call, His invitation, because yes, that hand that's, that's coming over the wall, if you will, is really an invitation to embrace, to receive Jesus in your all and everything right there in that guilt and that shame. He comes and says, child, you are beloved. I have a new story for you. This failure is not final. You'll trust me. So friends, I, I failed enough to know that there's consequences. Go look at my criminal record. They're there. Misdemeanors where I was too proud and too boastful and found myself in trouble with the game wardens. You know, there's consequences. And you know what? We're going to journey through those things and, and we have a choice that we can journey alone journey with Jesus. We can journey through that process of healing, that pathway of restoration. We don't have to journey alone. We can journey knowing that in God's eyes we are forgiven and that we are more than what our failures say. That our tomorrow is not defined by our failure. That journey is marked different because Jesus is with us. Follow me. Jesus says, I I know failure hurts I know that wall can seem taller than you can see Jesus is calling let's pray together Lord um, just so glad that you're not intimidated by a wall of failure you're not too ashamed of us you're not ashamed of us at all that you come and you say my child let's get up let's go let's go over this wall this doesn't have to be the end of your story let's go let's let tomorrow be different you see, when Jesus comes, when He comes in the fullness of His presence, He's bringing grace and mercy. And as we reach out to Him, we can receive His forgiveness and new life. Yes, in that area of failure. Because you see, He doesn't just want part of us. He doesn't just want the couple good things we can muster up. He wants it all. And when we embrace you, Jesus, you receive us. You redeem us and begin to restore us, Lord. And we get to journey with you through that. The road to healing and restoration marked by grace and mercy and new life. So, Lord, today will you come in those intimate places. Lord, those places that are still painful, that 
we still struggle with, God, will you come? And Lord, may we respond today. May we make the choice to embrace grace. To lock eyes with you, Lord. And go over that wall today. We love you, Father. And it's in your name that we pray. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.